not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. I am Chris, your hostess with the mostess, and with me as always is my wingman, my right-hand man, my sword to my shield, my bookie to my Captain America, it's Sam. More like the summer soldier, eh? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> darling buds of spring let's yeah. go bro yeah, very on topic yeah and that it means is. this week we're doing a little bonus ep aren't we chris this is an extra episode where we are doing a first impressions on none other than the falcon and the winter soldier and it is the falcon oh, yeah. not just falcon isn't it you gotta make sure you've got it right it's yeah. the falcon and it's not falcon the... it's not black falcon it's not anything <laughs> it's the falcon yeah, even though I watched uh, Infinity War again the other day, I've been watching. I rewatched uh, Ragnarok. I watched Infinity War and I got halfway through Endgame yesterday. Um, but he he calls himself Falcon. It's Falcon in Endgame. Yeah, in, I think yeah, it's, in Avengers. So. I think his title is the Falcon. But if you're like, hey, you, my best friend, the Falcon, is it's going to be a bit weird, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I am the Falcon. Yeah, I'm Falcon. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> this is a Me, Sam, you Chris. <laughs> this is a short and sweet first impressions episode. If you're new to the podcast and you've not checked us out before, uh, first impressions is basically we take the first two episodes of a TV series that is either already been out or it is brand new, and we give you our simply first impression on it on whether it's pretty good whether it's pretty bad whether we're going to keep watching or not and if we do keep watching then we wrap up with a big episode that talks about the whole entire season so what we will do is we will talk about the first two episodes of the falcon and the winter soldier Uh, we will try and keep it kind of let's keep the plot points kind of open and loosey-goosey at the moment Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll let you know uh time codes in the description about when we will talk about things that are maybe a little bit more spoilery um but in terms of like the premise and some of the villains and stuff we'll kind of set up a little bit uh, we'll just keep some of the spicy little reveals out uh, in the time code Ooh, so does that sound good to you chris does that sound good to you i love the sound of a spicy little reveal a little spicy a little bit of uh you know a bit of chili powder in there a bit of paprika <laughs> falcon walks in and a sexy little number just like oh spicy little reveal yeah. sprinkles a bit of salt like salt bay it's 2021 that's not a relevant meme anymore anyway let's it was like get... back in 2016 <laughs> let's get into it so uh i don't really know where to start in terms of falcon winter soldier i mean the last uh, thing we had big in the marvel tv verse was wandavision um mm-hmm. and it's kind of set very you know loosely away from all that so i mean for marvel fans where does this kind of sit in the timeline chris does it set after one so it's after the after avengers and all that anyway so we know it's after endgame yeah this is set approximately the same time as wandavision uh we know this is six months after endgame Mm-hmm. Um, whereas One Division was roughly around like um, three to six months, um, I think they did definitively say how long it was towards the end of the series, but I can't quite remember. I think it's roughly around six months um, okay. as to when One Division ends, anyway. 
Um, so it's roughly the same amount of time. So the, they haven't mentioned anything of it yet because it's probably still new news or they haven't really got in depth with it yet. So you're not going to see much correlation, but this was also meant to come out before WandaVision originally. Okay, um, yeah. Obviously, we had to go through some reshoots um, because coronavirus happened and they thought a few things were maybe a bit too close to home, which I think we saw what happened with that in episode two. Yes, um, yes. So I get that. Yeah. So this is roughly six months after end the game. One division is still kind of happening at the same time. That's mm-hmm. that's where it's set anyway. Yeah, kind of makes sense. Otherwise, you think the Avengers would know something about uh, Wanda going absolutely insane and the Vision coming back and all that sort of stuff going on. Yeah, it wouldn't be the big three. It'd be the big four. It'd be androids, aliens, sorcerers, and. Goddamn wonder. <laughs> Goddamn wonder. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Uh, so, we're, yeah, we're two episodes in, um, and, yeah, so there won't be a third episode. I think episode it needed... Yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted I think it needed the second episode before we could really cover it. Um, mm-hmm. The first episode was great, but it kind of didn't propel the story that much forward until episode two. So the the nice-to-watch-together episode one and two. Yeah, they didn't. It didn't do what One Division did, where it gave you the first two episodes to kind of binge out, and then it. But then again, the runtime for this is less, right? So not the runtime, but the amount of episodes that we're getting. We're only getting six, six episodes. episodes. Yeah, yeah. But the first two episodes were forty nine minutes each, so about forty minutes worth of content each, mm. which is longer than the first like three, four episodes of WandaVision. Yeah, that's true. And did you do you feel like you benefit... Because we, we spoke about WandaVision quite a bit and how we would have maybe preferred a little bit of a longer runtime episode-wise, like the content of the episodes. Did you... Do you feel like you're benefiting from the longer runtime in this? Or do you... What, what, what way did you prefer it? I think for this plot, it works better because it's more of a serious tone, like in lines with other drama series on TV and stuff like that. So getting closer to an hour is better. Considering, like, most TV shows, they say they're an hour long, but you got all the adverts in there. They come out about 47 minutes worth of content in total. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, pretty much in line with that. It's a bit more of a heavier subject matter that they seem to be going in with some stuff. So as the series unfolds, and we've got much bigger action set pieces in this. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, definitely. It's way more away right. from episode yeah. two way more action based than what we got in one division so speaking about that um it's a nice little segue onto it then do you reckon well it's not really a question to be fair it's more of a case of this is a lot more action based so do you reckon that when they announced one division and the first two episodes of one division came out and you remember probably the reviews were a little bit like they were a little bit torn a little bit hot and cold at the very very beginning um do you reckon this is what maybe people were expecting or critics or like viewers were expecting to get from the first Marvel TV series of WandaVision because this feels very much like the tone of a Marvel film having just gone back and watched a couple of Marvel films this feels a lot more along the the tone of like the Captain America films or the Winter Soldier film and and stuff like that but Obviously, WandaVision was very, very different. So do you think this obviously is doing also really well off the back of that? Or do you reckon... Like, what, What's your kind of thoughts on that? 
Yeah, literally what you said. So we discussed it on our like upcoming MCU properties thing. Like I thought this was going to be more like a mainstream Marvel property, which it is. Like you said, this feels the most like Winter Soldier than anything else we've had in the MCU. Um, so yeah, it's definitely what fans were probably predicting. This is probably going to get more of a mainstream, like casual audience, whereas One Division would have been diehard Marvel fans if they got turned off by the whole black and white sitcom aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we said when we did our One Division roundup, like. One Division felt like Marvel trying to do like an artsy project and trying to do something off the beaten track, whereas this is a lot more. This is the comfort zone. Like we're, we're doing Marvel, we're doing big budget action set pieces, plenty of CGI, yeah, cool, awesome, masked villains and everything like that. So yeah, this is definitely more in line with the MCU proper. Yeah, and um. I think maybe the luxury of having a TV like six hours or so, uh, just less than, to tell a story that would have been obviously told within the short space of like a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour runtime in cinema, I think mm-hmm. might mean what we end up getting out of it. It it's it would be like a lot better. It's interesting because it delves into a lot of falcon's background that you don't really see in the film make gives him a lot more of an interesting kind of uh backstory uh versus what else we see um and then also it really delves into um bucky barnes winter soldier how he's dealing with current time because let's face it in the in the marvel films these two characters are just supporting characters um, you don't really see too much of them other than, you know, h- how they assist the main character. I mean, you see a lot of, obviously, the Winter Soldier, but you don't, like, what he deals with in his character is based on when he's in Wakanda. So you don't really mm-hmm. see a lot of that. You just see the, you just see the struggles when he's with um, Steve Rogers. So it's interesting, yeah, so- episode one, that you get quite a lot of, like, him. He's obviously sleeping on the floor. Um, you know, he's having like PTSD moments and stuff like that. He's in therapy, um, and all that is is super interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that you said like they are normally side characters to Steve Rogers, and this, I think, that is in everybody's mind, and that's what lends this story. Like, this is about Bucky and Falcon stepping out of Cap's shadow. Um, and then obviously we get this new version of Cap and it it almost puts them back into the shadow even though they themselves are past that Mm. and the fact that we're able to see their backstories contextualizes them a bit more like obviously we know Bucky's backstory but we're seeing how he's dealing with it now like you said and the ramifications of like what trauma is caused by being brainwashed to do horrible things your entire life yeah Um, whereas um falcon he had an interesting backstory but now that we're seeing more of his personal life and stuff like that it kind of recontextualizes like what he actually sort of gave up to become falcon so we knew he was ex-military ex-air force and he he stepped away from that and he had done tours overseas and stuff like that in wars and then straight away he saw the call to arms again and he dove straight back into being a soldier when he had a chance to come out of the other side and um, live his life. Mm. So now we're seeing 
for a change, we're seeing the non-soldier side of uh, Falcon. Yeah. Which is really nice. We're seeing his home life. We know where he came from now. Um, we've seen that he's still struggling, like, although he's saving the world, like, he is still a human at the end of the day, which yeah. a lot of people, like, we're seeing in this series are forgetting that these heroes are people too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's some nice um, filling out of both of the characters. Yeah, defo, defo. And I think that helps you helps you kind of be invested in the series because you've got you've got these characters that you you obviously know of a little bit so you don't have to set up like an origin so to speak or like super mm-hmm. in-depth backstory but you've got enough there where you can you know you you can jump straight into kind of the the spicy stuff of um like Bucky Barnes and that which is like you know where he's got that tick list and stuff. Like you don't need to explain that. You 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 know what that is, so you can jump straight into that sort of stuff. And um, what's been yeah, kind I of... like how the I like how the mirroring Cap's return from like Winter Soldier and Civil War with um, Bucky's now return to him being himself. So he's got yeah. the list like Cap did. Uh, he's talk. He can't sleep in his bed because it feels too soft for him. So he's lay on the ground and stuff like that. And he is suffering from being a man out of time. So it like the parallels are there to bring him more in line with. This is the Bucky Barnes that could potentially be a version of Captain America. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's kind of setting him up a little bit, isn't it? Well, it's kind of interesting because obviously Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame tries to set Falcon up as Captain America. So it's almost interesting or not whether or not whatever happens that happens in the at the end of this series whether it does set one of them up particularly to become him or not um and what we can happens. theorize about that later yeah we can theorize <laughs> about it um yeah let's let's talk about some of the the characters that we get in here then so before we before we move on and try and stay a little bit spoilery free mm-hmm. um because we we've already in the first two episodes we've seen a lot of people that we know are going to be in here already so obviously we've had a couple of cameos. Uh, we got uh, Don Cheadle back in here as well. Yeah, it was kind of nice uh, tying him together. Um, we've also got the uh, so basically there's a new world order. That's the episode uh, title of episode one. And um, mm-hmm. there's these people that you see in the trailer who are wearing the masks and stuff. Uh, we won't give away too much about them. Um, but one of those characters is played by Erin Kellyman, who you'll recognise from Solo. You know who I'm talking yep. about? Yeah. Yes. Uh, she's pretty good. That's, I uh, can't remember what the character in Solo was. Um, it's the one with the cool helmet and the frills. <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, the one who had the really cool theme when they came in on the bike. Um, why are we really struggling? I'm, I'm sure it had a really Because the cool... name was really forgettable. <laughs> but it was a really cool name, though, at the same time. It was like a really cool-looking Enfin's character. Nest. Yeah, Enfin's Nest. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Cool character. Cool yeah, really character. cool character. And she's a really interesting actress as well. Like, I've not seen her in anything but these. And, like, when she started talking in this and she's got, like, a British accent, I was like... Is she British? Because it's a really good British accent. Mm. Um, and I'm surprised. Like I'm looking at her DB. It's so short. The way she was able to just land solo after she had done, like, like I don't know, 10 episodes of TV. Not even that. 
Yeah, like, she was insane. She must have nailed that audition, and then she's gone on to be in um, the Lame Is mini series, which came out in 2019. That's a French series, so maybe she speaks French as well. Yeah, um, she's in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. She's in the upcoming Willow reboot, and she's in Green Knight. So she must have just nailed that Star Wars audition. Yeah, and then it. people have been like, "Yeah, let's fucking get her on board. Like, she's interesting." Yeah, people just picking her up now because of. Uh... I mean, that's what I guess what happens when you've been in Star Wars, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird. Out. It's like normally an actress like that that like sort of comes out of nowhere and does like Star Wars and Marvel, and she's relatively unheard. Like you normally find out they've gone, uh, done some like really interesting off the book stuff, but she's really hardly done anything. Yeah, which is just mind blowing that she just managed to get away in there. Great, great. Uh, we also get Wyatt Russell as a U.S. agent, which is interesting. Um... The son of Ego, Kurt Russell. The son of... Oh, yeah, of course. Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's very true. Uh, that didn't uh, didn't land, but yeah. Didn't click with you. Didn't click yeah. with me when I was watching it. Yep, uh, if you haven't seen it already, there is a gazillion photos online of their new Captain America uh, who gets revealed at the end of episode one. <laughs> that reveal at the end of episode one that hurt like like we're saying like it's all about like bucky yeah and sam like coming out of steve's shadow and then just instantly just betrayal that cut deep Bang, and, like anthony mackie's shot in that scene off yeah yeah just after they were talking about what the shield means and giving it back and and all that and then mm. yeah bang here is uh mr john walker himself how oh, dare you stood where he stood yeah. <laughs> i turned into fucking daniel radcliffe as soon as i saw it <laughs> what do you think of uh wyatt russell's u.s agent then because he's not called u.s agent in this obviously he's, they're calling him captain america yeah, uh, so yeah. I, can, I can tell you the backstory of US Agent and being Captain America and stuff like that, because it ties into his teammate, Lamar um, Hoskins. Yeah. Um, so I think Wyatt Russell's doing a pretty good job. Like, he is he is likable, but you don't, you don't like the character because he's taken up Cap's spot and he's like... He's just coming in and stepping on everyone's toes straight away, and he might be like this really good guy, which it, they've set him up to be. But his whole positioning and taking on the mantle just puts him at odds with our heroes. So it's he's in a weird sort of gray spot. I think it's going to be interesting seeing where the character goes forwards as to whether he comes round and becomes a hero, or whether he t- kind of takes a heel turn. Um, so is he and, is he a character that could go either way, kind of thing? Yeah. So you can talk is... about you can talk. I guess you can talk about comic stuff because it's not okay. necessarily going to be the same. Uh, just yeah, if if you want to skip ahead like a couple of minutes and we talk a little bit of comic stuff, and then um, yeah, you'll probably miss a little bit of it then. Yeah. So in the comic books. Uh, John Walker takes up the mantle of Captain America after Cap um, dies one of the times, um, ends up stepping away from the role. So he gets announced as the new Captain America, and Lamar is the new Bucky. They even call him Bucky, and they wear the same uniforms that uh, Cap and Bucky used to wear in like the Second World War and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get introduced as like the new version of Captain America and Bucky and stuff like that. And then... 
he has a fight with aim and like the extremist lot um in his hometown and they end up killing his parents in front of him so john walker ends up like taking a turn and ends up like um killing uh the people that he's fighting from extremists and a lot of innocence as well so he ends up getting put on the back burner by the um american government and then after a while they rebrand him as u.s agent because like he can't take up the mantle of captain america after he just killed a load of innocents yeah so that's where he is but in the comic books him and Lamar both have super soldier serum injected into him as well. Okay. So they're both super strong, which there's a few telling looks in the series when you start mentioning super soldier serum and stuff like that. And they were kind of holding their own against the flag smashers and stuff. So I'm like, hmm, hmm. I don't wholly trust them. They seem a little bit sly and like they're holding information back. Yeah, but, but do- yeah, I reckon we might either see we might see like a reversal of that and um and he ends up like giving up the mantle and being a hero, or we could see maybe like he causes an accident and ends up becoming US agent, he gets the title of cap stripped from him. Yeah, okay, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that yeah. in speculation station and we'll uh mm-hmm. we'll speculation we'll talk- station. Yeah, wow, we'll wow talk about that in a bit and um, what's been your favorite part of the um the series so far um i'm l- my most interesting thing at the moment was when they introduced i say a bradley in episode two okay um so he's a black super soldier from is this spoiler territory uh kind of like yeah kind of Okay, so, right. Well, uh, before we move on, then, we'll, yeah, we'll they'll time code this bit as spoilers, um, and then yeah, let us know what you think. If you're going to head off now, uh, make sure you're following us. Get real pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and let us know what you think of uh, yeah, Captain. Before people leave, would you recommend they watch this show? Uh, I d- d- highly would recommend. <laughs> I think every, I think I think ninety one percent of people are recommending uh, whether you yeah. watch this show right now. So yeah, yeah. It's good. It's a really good show so far. It's setting up some interesting things. Yeah. So if you don't want to get spoiled, don't listen to what we're about to say, but I'm going to talk about these interesting things. Cool, yeah. So, Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, so in the comic books, he is the original black Captain America. Um, and we find out... So they kind of... I think they introduced him, and then they sort of didn't do anything with the character, and then they brought him back for like this like big impactful mini series um called um I think it was Captain America Red, White and Black. Okay. Um so we find out, which is what we get revealed in the show as well, we find out that in the forties, before Cap got the super soldier serum, they were testing it out on minorities and there were like three hundred ish black um soldiers that were tested on it. But it was originally meant to be to sort of sterilize ethnic minorities and certain bloodlines and stuff like that. So it was a really horrible thing, and it's actually based in real-world truth with what American governments did injecting black soldiers with syphilis and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a horrible piece of American history which has been swept under the rug, and Marvel just decided to dig it up to just shame the government, which, like, they obviously obviously changed it to make it superhero-related. But 
yeah, so he goes on missions during the Second World War and does a lot of like the dirty jobs, whereas Captain America's doing like all the heroic stuff and getting all the press. He's treated as this dirty little secret, and then after the Second World War, they want to kind of get rid of him, but he stands up for himself. He steals the Captain America uniform and he becomes the black Captain America for a bit to go okay. on a couple like vigilante missions during the Second World War. So they end up. Um, arresting him and putting him in prison for 30 years which is what we hear in the show as well Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting that marvel are using the shows to tackle these difficult subjects like we had a lot about grief and depression in wandavision this is obviously ptsd and government's treatment of minorities like straight after we had the reveal that isaiah bradley was locked up for being a hero we then get sam wilson getting pulled over by the police in the middle of the fucking street yeah literally in the next scene yeah that was an interesting move from marvel particularly with everything that happened last year it was a particularly interesting move to have something like that in in the in a marvel tv show Mm -hmm. so yeah i i I almost i enjoys the wrong word but i appreciate what they raised there in terms yeah. of obviously their way of raising an awareness of it, and I'm not interested in seeing how far they go with it now. I think they did learn a lot from last year, and that's maybe like we said, they had to change some stuff. We saw crates with vaccines and stuff in, and I feel like in the original version of this series, there was like chemical weapons and stuff like that, and we had to the heroes were trying to um, stop people from. Uh, taking vaccines and stuff away from people and obviously we had covid break so they changed that because it was a bit too close to the bone of obviously everybody being sick and needing vaccines yeah um but they took the whole thing with the black lives matter movement and they pushed that story maybe more to the forefront of this series which is so good for a franchise like marvel to be tackling Mm -hmm. um I'm interested to see just how far they go because they lent heavily into the grief aspect of uh, WandaVision and they did leave her being sort of an anti-hero at the end of it. So they are willing to push the limits. So I'm so excited to see where it goes going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What was your favourite part of the series then? Um, The Isaiah Bradley stuff I didn't quite obviously pick up on because I didn't really know the background. It was only Mm -hmm. afterwards. Um. I quite liked. I, I'm quite enjoying the the Bucky Barnes stuff, and I liked the relationship and, um, yeah, the the kind of conflict that Falcon and the Winter Soldier are having. Like when they find those crates full of the uh, the they did say it was vaccines, didn't they? They said it was it, it said vaccine on the side of the crate, yeah, and then I yeah. think. Um, I but think it's almost Aaron's it, character says it later. Yeah, the way it's twisting it is to um is that they're just helping out third world countries now. That I think mm-hmm. that's the way it's it's being twisted. Um but yeah, it's that was quite fun how Bucky was just like, let's go in and then Falcon did a scan and obviously he's using a lot more high tech than what uh, Bucky is. And he's like, Oh, let's just count how many there are then, shall we? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. two, three, four and it's a bit like I, I really like that relationship because it is very reminiscent of um, the Captain America Winter Soldier film, where he comes back and it's like all this tech and stuff that he's like just trying to like get used to and 
mm-hmm. like get used to that that exists and that he's got a kind of like as as super powered as what he is he's kind of got to get himself back up with the times um so i like that that's probably my favorite part so far um yeah i'm and- looking forward to see where their relationship ends at the end of this how close they'll be at the end of it yeah um, obviously the the butting heads at the moment they are at odds yeah, and they are very much not friends at the end of episode but, two. But the <laughs> um, the the new Captain America gives them more of a reason to band together, and obviously the super yeah. the super serum stuff is definitely meaning that they have to bat the heads heads together, and you know. Mm-hmm. And I like how they kind of do that thing where they like work with um, John Walker for like a little bit, and then they decide, nah, this ain't for us, and then they go was, off and do- there was like so much in that fight sequence with the new Captain America there, and Bucky and Falcon on those trucks. There's so many details in there. It's just like, it was setting up so much, like the way he just doesn't care where he tosses the shield and stuff like that. Like Bucky catching the shield like he did in Winter Soldier and everything like that. You can tell that he's just at odds with these two people and he does not understand what it means to be Captain America in the slightest. Yeah, and, and what sets up just, just little knowing looks just set up so much for the future of the series. Yeah, and what I also like is that they don't drop Baron Zemo in straight away. It's it's not a case of like he is set up as the bad guy. I like how he's currently in jail and they need to go and consult with him. Yeah, that's they're giving him like a Hannibal Lecter vibe to him, like he's like this confidant in prison that they're going to for information, which was so interesting. And it it makes me wonder if the footage that we've seen of Zemo so far in the trailers, maybe we're seeing the wrong things. Maybe he's not going to be the big bad to begin with, or maybe he's playing both sides, or what? where his character's going to fit into this, I'm really intrigued by, after yeah. the way season two ended. And obviously we know that trailers are spun in a certain way, but it's it's nice to see that obviously he's he's not just purple masking straight away, and there's probably a bit of a development there. But again, mm-hmm. like six episodes isn't a lot to no. set up things. Like I was thinking that we would get, um, I was thinking, oh, we'll get Baron Zemo in the next episode, full on, or he'll be revealed as the bad guy. So then we can have four episodes of like solid. Uh, action and stuff but it's like i like mm-hmm. how he, he although there's only six episodes it's still making sure it's taking its time and it's you know it's it's all the knit bits in between and it's all those little messages and secret little bits and um you know the isaiah bradley stuff and what that means and what that sets up and all that kind of business is pretty cool um yeah i'm wondering how long the later episodes are going to be because we've seen it with Disney Plus stuff, they like to ramp up the length of the episodes leading forward and like we're getting a globe trotting series in mm. the tail half of this show, so and maybe the episodes will get a little bit longer to fill in that gap. Yeah, and what I'm also enjoying is a like when it it's about the little bits in between and how um how much weight those moments have where like Sam's trying to get alone and he's an Avenger, but he can't get mm-hmm. alone and it like humanizes them a lot, and that's what this the TV series is kind of doing because the stakes are lower than what they were in the films. But I I also like how the stakes from the Infinity Saga, like the blip, still has a 
it's still using the events of what's happened. It's not kind of like wiping the slate clean and disregarding the films now. And this is the new, the new stories. It's like it's still very respectful to what happened at the end of Infinity War and the beginning of Endgame to mm-hmm. move along. Because upon my rewatch of Endgame, like it goes, so Infinity War to Endgame is twenty-one days after the events and then it's mm-hmm. five years after the events so it's like five years is like a big amount of time to delve into that so obviously WandaVision and all this is taking place even even further after Endgame you know so it's it's adding even more time in but yeah, um, the, yeah. we think the roughly taking place in like September October maybe of 2023 I think is when it is yeah I like um the little really subtle nods in this as well so you had that guy from the beginning of winter soldier as well um who's one of the flag smashers oh um george st pierre as batrot the leaper in episode one yeah yeah he was back as well which was cool yeah and Uh, he's wearing he's wearing his classic purple and yellow get up in the thing yeah I found it quite ironic that his name's Batrot the Leaper and all he was doing was leaping out of planes and helicopters the entire time. That's it. Um, The one thing that... And you know that I'm always the person that doesn't like... I don't like films where it's it's a hero versus just a bad version of himself. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I mean? So example was Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2 kind of thing. It's Iron Man versus another bad Iron Man kind of kind of yeah. vibe, you know. I, I never like stuff like that. But It can this, be done well and like well, Black Panther, but well, it can also be done really say. badly. Like, this feels like that's potentially being done well because it does set the bad guys up to just be super serum soldiers, you know. Mm-hmm. It, and But it's not as obvious as that. There's more twists and stuff and turns, which will be good. Um, yeah. Right, speculation. We've got a 10 minutes of speculation station before we wrap it up. So um, my speculation is, after you talked about the comic book nods, um, I don't think they have taken the super soldier serum, but what do you think if... Because you see um, US agent get his ass handed to him by the Flag Smashers, really, he gets like kicked off the back, doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. He gets absolutely yeeted off the back of that uh, lorry on the motorway. What if he struggles versus super soldiers? And what if he then ends up taking it? Like, he's like, I need to be better. And he ends up taking the serum. Do you reckon that could be a route that they go? Okay, right. So we've got two factions that have been introduced in this, haven't we? We've got the Flag Smashers and we've got the Power Brokers. Yeah, which were the ones chasing down the flag smashers. I'm wondering if they are either some way like a dark shell organization left over from like Hydra being involved in the US government or something like that, or whether they are just a third party. But there is a character called Power Broker in the comic books who is the one that gives John Walker... Which it gets, serum. it gets mentioned, yeah. It gets the Power Broker's men that gets dropped, yeah. yeah. So mm. Power Broker is a character who, in the comic books, gives John Walker and um, Lamar their Super Soldier Serum. So, yeah, that's something that I could definitely see happening in the future, and that might be, you know, sort of like Nuke in um, Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. 
maybe we see John Walker has a bad reaction to it or something. And Ooh. while he's fighting the Flag Smashers and stuff like that, something goes wrong. I think we might see an adaptation of his comic book arc in some way. I think they might twist it. So like you said, like maybe he'll go like off the books and get juiced up on it. Ooh, um, yeah. We might see a version of, you know, like Nuke's pills that he takes. Because mm-hmm. um, in the comic books, Nuke comes from the Super Soldier program as well. And Isaiah Bradley's grandson, Elijah Bradley, is um, Patriot, who is the Young Avengers version of Captain America. But we find out that he doesn't have superpowers. He's juicing on these um, super soldier pills. Uh, okay. So I reckon we might get some like underground like super soldier serum drug smuggling ring. And that might be why we're going to the fictional Asian city that we see and stuff like that. And why we've got nods towards Power Broker, who is like this superhero drug kingpin and stuff like that. Yeah, because that was That's an interesting setup. What if, hmm, and just because it's a very film twisty kind of thing, what if the power broker is Baron Zemo and they kind of, because they they tend to smash two, like Marvel isn't afraid of smashing like two villains together and making it Mm -hmm. one person. But what if he could be the power broker and he's just operating from prison maybe? Is that exactly what my thought was? Yeah. Maybe Bucky and Sam will bring Zemo out of prison to help them. And that's when we get the scene of like Bucky dropping the bullets in front of him and stuff like that. Maybe he's got like a gun loaded with one bullet to take Zemo out at all times. Uh... Um, so maybe they break him out of prison or they like get him out of prison to work with them. And then we find out that he's been the villain. So it, he wanted them to get him out of prison, type thing, you know. Yeah, I mean? that'd be That's an interesting my theory. Oh, he's calling it. He's calling it. It could be a, um, could be a yeah. thing. Uh, who do we think is going to be left with the shield at the end of the series? Ooh, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. I reckon maybe not. Neither of them take the shield. I reckon they'll get it, and then they will just like they won't give it to the government. But neither of them will take the mantle because they'll be like, look, nobody needs to take the mantle. It, pr- it proves that, you know, we don't need it if the US government do it and we don't need to do it ourselves. But if someone was to take the mantle, I guess that it would almost be Falcon's moment to be like, right, I am going to do what Steve wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And he will be more respectful to Steve's wishes instead of thinking that he knows best, maybe. So that's my either way. What about you? So that's what I think might happen. And like that's kind of what I want to happen. Um, Because it would give the Falcon a biggest like foothold in the future films. We would see a black leader of the Avengers and stuff like that. And it is what Cap wanted. Mm -hmm. He gave it to Sam. And Bucky knew in the moment at the end of Endgame that it was Sam's place to do it. I think he still does because he's more just pissed that he gave the shield away. Like, he was fine with Sam having it, but it's the fact that he gave it away that upsets him. Yeah. But the only thing that's, like, in the back of my mind is Sebastian Stan said when they first got brought back as Winter Soldier that in his first meeting for the first Avenger... Captain America, the first Avenger, they said at some point Bucky would end up with the shield. And we saw after Civil War in the comic books, when Cap died, Bucky became Captain America. 
That's the only thing in the back of my mind is like, <laughs> mm, maybe. Because if you do that, then it brings the redemption arc for Bucky. He He's not going to be running around saving the world as Bucky. He would need a superhero name, which is either going to be White Wolf or they can't call him the Winter Soldier anymore because that's the name of an assassin. Yeah. So it would give him an identity as Captain America, but he wouldn't be the leader of the Avengers. Mm. Whereas Sam could still be the Falcon. Like, he's still got his own identity and he can stand on his own merits. He doesn't need to be Captain America. Yeah. That's mm. the only thing that's got me torn as to who might have it at the end of it. Interesting. Well, listeners, let us know what you think. Let us know. Hit us up on the socials at GetRealPod um across facebook twitter and instagram and then you can also emails email us if you are old school as much uh get real pod at gmail.com uh we're very excited i think we're both very excited for falcon and winter soldier it's definitely uh yes you know definitely exceeded expectations as much did with uh one division so yeah Mm -hmm. looking forward to it um yeah chris uh support the pod how do listeners do it how how do do a support? The best way to do a support is to leave a rate and review wherever you listen to us. If you want to get head over to Podchaser, it will say it with me, Sam. Syndicate. Syn- syndic- syndic- syndrome, syndic- the syndicate. Syndicate. From, uh, from The Incredibles. <laughs> uh, it'll syndicate it to all the other podcast distributors. Uh, go over to Spotify, follow us on there, listen to us on repeat on Spotify if you would. But the absolute. The creme de la creme, the super soldier way of supporting the podcast hmm. is to share us with a friend, share us out on your socials, tell more people about us, just support the podcast any way you can by getting our names out there. Just tell two friends about us. Head down to your local comic book shop where everyone's watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode three and tell them all about Get Real. Also, check out our sister podcast, Get Real Gaming, and support those boys. Um... They released an episode a couple of days ago. Uh, we're recording this in the future, so we don't know what they covered. Um, but I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it's great. Um, so yeah, they release a new episode every Wednesday. We release a new episode every Monday. Stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast feed. And thank you very much. And we'll see you next time.